Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. In conjunction with Weedy's Telehealth Workgroup, the Collective Voice of Health IT podcast is proud to present Telehealth Reflections, a conversation with prominent Weedy leadership sharing their experiences with telehealth beyond the numbers, the benefits, the challenges, and how they plan to further leverage telehealth in their lives. Today, I welcome Robert Tennant, Weedy's Vice President of Federal Affairs, Samantha Holvey, Weedy's Director of Workgroups and Communication, and Jill Dominic, Health Policy Director with Elevance Health. Jill also serves as the co-chair for Weedy's Telehealth Workgroup. Jill, Rob, Sam, welcome. Uh, now, be ready to remove your Weedy Workgroup and Elevance hats and just talk as patients. Uh, let's start with Jill. We're excited to be here today to talk about telehealth an element of healthcare that's been very influential for us from an emerging technology and from a policy standpoint, that inside baseball stuff that we work with. But also, we're going to talk today as a patient, which is why we're here today. Uh, Jill, feel free. Welcome, and please share your experience. Thank you. Uh, my experience was with uh, behavioral health services via telehealth. It was the fall of 2020, and it was not my first experience with telehealth, I had previously hurt my back. So I, this was pre-pandemic. I um, just used telehealth because I couldn't stand up. So, but this, this experience was with behavioral health. I had two kids at home. If you recall in the fall of 2020, most kids weren't at school. So they were both doing um, remote learning. I was working full-time and we had a new puppy. So I was just, I reached out to, um, it was a standalone telehealth service and I can't even remember the name of it, but it was provided through my husband's employer-sponsored coverage. And so I just called to set up an appointment. I remember the first couple of appointments uh, you know, I went out to schedule and then I just get a message, your appointment was canceled. So that was kind of frustrating, but I finally was able to make an appointment. And uh, I just wanted to talk to her about, you know, strategies I could use because it was very frustrating. <laughs> I have two um, children who struggle with focus. So um, remote learning with all of those uh, pictures of their classmates on the screen was not working out well. Um, so I, uh, we set up a meeting, an appointment, and this one wasn't canceled. And I called, um, and it's supposed to be video, audio, video, and, um, right away, the video didn't work. So we switched to audio only. So I never, I mean, I had a small profile picture, but I, I don't even know what she looked like. Um, she didn't know what I looked like. And um, it went okay. Um, you know, the audio only worked fine after, you know, we got connected. There weren't any technical issues with that. But it was just, it was hard because it was, I didn't know her. She didn't know me. It was hard to establish any kind of connection. And um, after the appointment, I, I did not reach back out for a follow-up um, appointment, um, so I, I guess that particular visit was disappointing, but, you know, since then I have recommended that my, you know, kids who, my older kids who have, you know, some anxiety problems or something, I recommend that they reach out to a telehealth provider. So it's not, you know, I haven't soured on telehealth, but that particular appointment didn't go as um, well as I had hoped. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing that was really because it was kind of just built up and there was so much going on back then that it was difficult to get that technological kind of quick learning curve for everybody. You know, not only for us, I'm sure the telehealth experience has changed from then to now. Now it's a much more kind of easy uh, situation. Right, right. And and I think it was also a problem because I um, was using my phone because we didn't have a non-work um, PC at the time. So I think that probably um, contributed to the, the technical issues. And now my colleague, Sam Holvey. Uh, Sam, welcome. It's, it's weird having you on the other side. I'm sitting right? interviewing you. That's funny. <laughs> uh, talk to me about, um, you know, telehealth uh, and your experiences with telehealth. Sure. So as an elder millennial, I love telehealth and use it across the board for pretty much all of my medical health care needs. Um, one situation in particular was incredibly helpful to be able to use, you know, I think when we think about telehealth, we only think of like video conferencing with our doctors, but there are a lot of different ways that telehealth tools can be used between patients and providers. And last summer I had a, we're, we're still not sure what it was, but whatever it was turned into a very large skin infection on my ankle. And we weren't sure if it was a bug bite or a spider bite or, you know, what it was. Anyways, it got infected and it was large on my leg. And so I went to an urgent care to get it taken care of. And the first time in, um, you know, have to sit in the waiting room, fill out the clipboard, all the things. And she wasn't sure what it was, but took a stab in the dark with the, with a cream and an antibiotic. Start on start on those medicines. Um, two days later, it is getting worse. So I drive back to the urgent care, sit in the waiting room, fill out the clipboard, go in, different doctor, and they brought more doctors in trying to figure out what this infection was. They couldn't figure it out. And so um, the physician gave me his card with his mobile phone number on it. And we developed a plan so that way I wouldn't have to go back to urgent care if the new medication and cream didn't work. So go home. Two days later, doesn't get any better. I send him a text message with a picture saying, hey, it's getting worse. What should we try? What should we do next? And he immediately called in a new prescription um, and a new cream for me at the local CVS. Took, you know, 15 minutes to go pick up that new medication. And I think we had to try a few times to find the right medication for this particular, um, you know, infection. And we finally got it cleared up, but it was so incredibly helpful to be able to just send the doctor that had already seen it in person and they had taken cultures, be able to just send him a text message with a picture and say, you know, what do we do next? And for him to immediately write the script, it, you know, saved hours out of my day. I didn't have to interrupt my work schedule. Um, it was incredibly helpful for me. And then, you know, my leg healed quicker. There's still a scar, but it's not as bad as it would have been. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Ed Hafner, who we did reflections on previously, also had a spider bite. Uh, we have mm -hmm. yet to test if he had any special superpowers from there. Um, have you <laughs> developed any superpowers? Because then that would whittle it down. It would not be a spider bite in our opinion. 
Yes. So my superpower now is calling the lawn guys because I'm pretty sure whatever infection happened occurred when I was mowing my lawn. So my new superpower is having lawn guys on the dial. Um, so I don't get bitter. Whatever it was happens again. Glad, glad, glad you got over it. Uh, Rob, now I know we're going to be talking about your knee, which I had the, you know, uh, I had the pleasure of kind of driving you to and for uh, back at the October national conference. You were still recovering, but let's talk about your uh, knee situation and how telehealth worked out for you. Yeah, I think once uh, once you reach a certain age, it seems like everybody has a healthcare story, uh, and mine involves uh, taking my dog for a walk. Uh, it was. Uh, in January of 2021, when there happened to be uh, ice and snow on the ground, and uh, despite me being from Ca- from Ca- from Canada, um, I fell on the ice uh, badly and and uh, hurt both knees. Um, I had to be uh, transported uh, by ambulance to the ER. Um, uh, they didn't really do that much there. Um, they uh, ascertained that my legs weren't broken and they basically sent me home. So I immediately got on the phone uh, with an orthopedist that I had uh, visited a couple of years before for a sore knee. Um, And uh, I told him what happened. He knew exactly what the issue was. And he said, we needed to move fast, but he needed to make sure. So he set up uh, a telehealth visit almost immediately. Uh, it was seamless. Uh, we got on very quack, quackly with my phone. He was able, I was able to move the phone over my leg so he could see uh, what had happened. Uh, because of that, he was able to um, expedite um, the next step. So I needed to get an MRI. Um, he needed to set up a surgical uh, appointment because the longer you waited with this particular injury, the worse the recovery would be. So uh, because of that, it was very quick. Um, Then after I had this surgery, um, uh, I had to use telehealth again. Uh, They gave me the option. So one visit was uh, in person and that was uh, an incredibly challenging event. We had to hire an ambulance to come. I, I couldn't move at all. I couldn't move. Actually, was not allowed to bend my knees at all. So we had to have name, uh, neighbors come and help me into the ambulance. Uh, it was time-consuming, expensive, but painful as well. And so the next one was telehealth. And of course, it was seamless. It was very quick. Uh, He was able to see exactly what he needed to see. Um, And I I can't recommend it more more highly. It's not a replacement for all care, but it is a supplement. And in particular, for my case, not having to take almost, almost a full day from the morning to late afternoon to get the process going with with an ambulance, not having to do that was just wonderful. And then I'll add one more thing. About uh, about a year ago, um, I uh, came down, like everyone else, with COVID and um, uh, did a a self-test. It it, it was positive. My health plan offered uh, a telehealth service for their nurse, and I was able to talk directly with a nurse. Um, she was able to then um, prescribe 
plaques of it, and it was seamless as well. So I, I tell you, I am a huge proponent of, of, of telehealth. It doesn't solve all problems, but it gives uh, a lot of alternatives. And in particular, for folks that really can't afford to take a half a day off of work to go see a provider, it, it gives that um, that option, uh, which I think a lot of folks uh, would prefer. Yeah, and I'm from all three of your stories, and thank you once again, um, it looks like time, uh, burden, a lot of things are kind of moved off to the side. When, um, you know, I am a, I guess, Gen Xer, so I'm kind of stubborn in my way, so I kind of like things the way they were. Um, so, like, when I sell stuff, like, when I'm at a shopping, you know, a grocery store, and I see the self-checkout, sometimes I want to use it, sometimes I don't want to use it, just the way things work in my head. When you initially thought or heard about telehealth, were you of the party of, I like the old-fashioned way we used to do things, you know, or were you embracing of this technology? Sam vehemently just shook her head. Um, we'll go Sam and then Jill and then Rob. No, I absolutely embrace it. Um, I love it. It makes my life so much more convenient. And I do agree with Rob that certain things, you know, you still need to go into see uh, your physician for. Um, but by and large, whatever I can get away with via telehealth, that's what I'm going to do. Jill? Uh, I, I'm like you, Michael. My my first inclination is an in-person visit. So, um, yeah, I kind of just ignored all of the advertisements I got about, um, you know, digital platforms before the pandemic. But it certainly did help when I hurt my back and I would... You know, I, I would consider it, but probably my first inclination is an in-person if I can get there. Excellent. And Rob? You know, I, I was an overly familiar with the technology, but what changed for me was um, two things. One, um, I started to do more video calls with family. So it was a very sort of easy technology to learn. And then with covid with uh, work going to virtual events, um, you know, that was the, the way it was done. And I think more folks are, are, are increasingly comfortable with the modality because they're you, you used to it for their work and for other things. So, again, it's, you know, for certain things, it's, it's not going to work. But I think in particular, when I think about so many appointments that are really simple follow-ups, that um, really, you know, you're in and out in five minutes, but it took you hours to get there and wait. So for those things, I think it's just perfect for especially, you know, you've got a sick child um, to be able to to talk to an, a, a nurse or physician and get that antibiotic quickly. Um, boy, that's that's very important. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even things reviewing your lab results. You used yeah. to have to go to the office to do that. Like that's, if that's not a waste of time, I don't know what is. Like that's easily a telehealth situation, you know, just to tell me, you know, hey, it's up, it's down, it looks good. I'm like, okay, bye, click, done. As opposed to I have to drive all the way out to South Rioting, drive all the way back. So um, now, now one thing that, Rob, you kind of mentioned, um, you know, things that could be better. What at this point could be better in terms of the technology of telehealth um, 
you know, so let's start with uh, Jill and then Sam and then Rob. What could you change if you could hit the magic wand and change telehealth and make it perfect? What's the perfect? I don't really have concerns about technology because, as Rob said, we've we've all been using it for three years now. But I guess um, just having more providers available. I know my my daughter struggled with finding um, a mental health provider, mm-hmm. and so that's that's one thing I wish we could have. Samantha. Yeah, I I agree with Jill on that. Um, and just taking it one step further, providers that are in network. So if it was easier for me to be able to find out um, what doctors that were in network for whatever care that I need, it would make it a much easier process and a much less expensive process. Exactly. Rob? Yeah, I think one of the things we have to be aware of is not every region of the country has broadband service. So I think, you know, in the urban areas, absolutely. But I think there is, you know, efforts underway at the federal level to try to get, you know, high-speed internet into every uh, nook and cranny of the nation. That's still going to be a limiting factor, uh, socioeconomic. Um, And certainly I agree with the Jill and Sam, that, you know, ultimately there's got to be somebody on the other end. And if you can't find uh, uh, the appropriate um, physician uh, or, or mid-level, uh, then it's not going to work. So I think it's it's sort of a, it's a community effort. You know, it's providers, it's, it's health plans, it, it's patients working together to find uh, the best way that meets everybody's needs. Exactly. We are moving toward kind of almost a a quantum change in healthcare, it appears, with technology. Um, Folks are having more access to their patient data more than ever with their phones. Um, EMR information or or information from the telehealth is being inputted into the EMR. You're able to do so many things from your chair, from your phone. Um, How is telehealth, which has evolved incredibly over the past three years, what do you see as the future of telehealth? Like we said, it can't solve everything, but I think with remote patient monitoring and a lot of other emerging technologies, it could end up helping more than we thought it could. Uh, so Jill, okay, you could put on your weedy telehealth workgroup co-chair hat on a little bit. What do we see in the future in terms of telehealth? Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot more um home health care rather than facility-based, like, um, you know, post inpatient care that can be done at home because, you know, you can either have um, a nurse or an aide go to visit and, you know, share information via telehealth with a provider and uh, remote patient monitoring. Uh, I just think it's that is the area that's going to start taking off next. Excellent. Samantha. Yeah. So I think, you know, this is far into the future, but not as far as you might think. Virtual reality is going to enter the healthcare space. I know of a few companies that are already working with like virtual reality therapeutics for behavioral health issues. And I think we will, that will continue to creep on. And I'm excited to see what type of possibilities, um, you know, you've got like 
holographs and just all kinds of crazy things that right now we might think like, you know, having a doctor virtual reality in your home would be crazy, but I don't think it's that far off. Definitely. And Rob, your final, you have the final word. Yeah. um, I will say I'll, I'll build on what Jill said. I think um, the industry is moving towards value-based care. And I think part of the solution is to be able to get good information to flow between patients, physicians, and and health plans. And I think when you think about where the costs are in healthcare, a lot of it is driven by chronic disease. And I'll just pick on uh, diabetes. If we can do a better job monitoring patients with with diabetes, if we make it as easy as possible for them to share the data, then the physician knows if there's a potential issue and address it before that patient ends up in the ER. So I think the idea of making sure patients understand the value of using uh, remote patient monitoring, be able to do more in the home, more with our phones, share that data and make sure it's actionable data, then I think uh, that's really going to make a change in healthcare. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Rob Tennant and Samantha Holvey with Weedy and Jill Dominic with Elevance Health. This has been Telehealth Reflections on the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast, where the healthcare IT communities connect, collaborate, and create solutions for a better health system. Find all our episodes as well as information on our association, including our telehealth work group, on our website, weedy.org. Thank you for joining us and be safe.